Welcome to Whiskey with Witcher. I'm Tim. And I'm Valerie. And this is a podcast where we drink whiskey and talk about the Netflix TV series, The Witcher. Spoiler alert! While each episode of our podcast directly correlates with an episode of the show, we will be discussing the series as a whole. And we'll be mentioning things from the games, books, and other pieces of Witcher IP, although we'll do our best not to spoil any major potential plot points. You have been warned! So, Tim, it's time for the most important question of the episode. What are you drinking? <laughs> what are I? Well, okay, I guess then before we get into that, <laughs> um, we should probably explain that. So, yeah. we we typically record um, all together in you know per in producer Sean's little studio, but um, today, unfortunately, we are having to do this first season three episode separately. Um, I am, um, in Los Angeles. Valerie is out in, you know, with her, her family for the 4th of July. Um, and so, um, so yeah, (laughs) I guess it's just, it's me and producer Sean who are drinking, um, what I'm about to introduce this week. Um, so, um, but let's, let's talk about it. Season three is finally here. Yay! And yeah, that alone is reason for celebration. And fittingly, this episode actually includes a celebration in it. I'm talking, of course, about Beltane, the spring festival celebrated in Celtic traditions that's often associated with fertility. In our first season three episode, Sherawed, I hope I'm saying that right, um, Geralt, Yennefer, and Siri attend a Beltane festival where they find themselves exploring a hedge maze that seems like a lot of fun, at least until they're all attacked by a freaky monster in it. But let's not dwell on that when it comes to choosing this week's whiskey. I'm afraid, Valerie that bringing an elaborate landscaped maze to our celebration today is a bit out of my capabilities. So instead of a maze, I'm bringing a maze, as in Clyde May's original Alabama-style whiskey. Now, Clyde May, if that name isn't familiar to you, is a legendary Alabama moonshiner who formulated a unique type of whiskey that's similar to bourbon, only flavored with a touch of baked apples. Clyde May's original Alabama-style whiskey comes to us care of his direct descendants. And in fact, This bottle was presented to us by his grandson, Louis Clyde May II, the company's national brand ambassador. So this is a special treat, a sweeter, warm-tasting whiskey that's the perfect accompaniment to this episode's wholesome found family moments, while also offering us a legendary story that can stand alongside the elvish legend of Sherwood. And with that, I say, cheers to getting started on season three. Well, cheers. Now I... I'm raising a glass that is not the whiskey you mentioned, Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Why don't you tell everyone my, what you're my drinking? My whiskey, along the themes of celebration, my <laughs> whiskey also comes from a celebration. <laughs> I true. am, as we established, visiting my family. I'm staying at my parents' house right now, and my parents are not big hard alcohol people. They do love their wine. My parents are very into wine. They can tell you all about wine, but when it comes to whiskeys, not so much. However, they did have a bottle in their house. A bottle Uh that was left over from their wedding in 1975. That's right. I will be drinking 48-year-old Seagram 7 bottom shelf liquor from the 70s. So will I survive? We will find out. Cheers to you all. Valerie, I don't think I've ever loved you more than I do right now. It's not great, guys. It's not great. (laughs) The thing she does for this podcast, you know, friends. This is actual whiskey that was at my parents' actual wedding in 1975. 
So. God, I'm going to feel so bad when we get to our whiskey section and Sean, you and I are going to be talking about this it. and talking about how good it is. Well, I'm going to get to try it in the next episode. So you, you know, will. But yeah, no, there's no way we're getting through this, especially because we're because we're counting for the time change. We're recording a lot earlier than we yeah, usually yeah. do. So, um, yeah, we're not getting through this bottle. There'll be plenty left over um for you to try later on maybe from your half (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean in fairness to sean though he actually did let me take the bulk of it so there you go anyhow um so (laughs) i'm holding Uh, up the bottle so tim can see this you guys will see it online in a bit (laughs) yeah we'll post bottle pics but (laughs) the seagrams that valerie's drinking is it looks every bit of its 1975 yeah, yeah. It it's does. not fresh looking is what I'm saying. <laughs> it lo- Yeah, it looks like something that's been sitting in someone's garage. Like the bottom of a pirate ship or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really does. <sighs> and for the record, and thankfully for Valerie, it's the American one because they do also make a Canadian whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think, though, since this is um, our first season three episode, it's been a little while since we've done a proper like. If I could regular... interrupt one more time, I think oh. it's worth saying that while it is season three of Netflix's The Witcher, it is season five for us. Yeah, yeah it is. It <laughs> is. True. And actually, that gets to what I was about to say is like. Um, well, then it's our... a good thing I interrupted you. Yeah. Our season two was The Witcher season two. We've done two other seasons um, since we've last done a proper, you know, Geralt of Rivia um netflix witcher um series so it's been a little while for um for us and for you um chances are we have a few new listeners who have not listened to us before so um one of the things i want to set up and we'll go through this um throughout the podcast is we have uh, various sections that's kind of how we set our podcast up there are things we do each week and so um the first thing we do is give a summary on the spot um, Valerie, <laughs> I hope you're ready. I hope you're prepared because that's on you this week. <laughs> so, um, summary of our first episode. Truly, I have not prepared at all, and I am doing this completely on the spot. As this I was hoping you would have been so. I was hoping you would have been so just like you know. Um, the trip and everything would have thrown you so Oh, no, no, no. A lot happens in this episode. I definitely wrote it out as I was doing my second rewatch. (laughs) Or at least lost what you wrote out while drinking wine today. Oh, yes, that too. I did pregame, guys, so. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, all right. So a lot did happen in this episode. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right. Summary on the spot. Here we go. We're back, baby. And season three starts with a bang. Geralt kills some guys that are after Ciri in a pretty epic opening sword fight, and then our main trio starts to figure out their way into becoming a found family via use of voiceover and montage. Meanwhile, there is division amongst the ranks of the elves as Francesca's subjects are starting to question her leadership abilities, none more so than special guest star Robbie Amell, and honestly, he ain't wrong. New Rians, like New Coke, is trying to track down Siri and uses a monster to do so, ruining everyone's good time at Beltane. Meanwhile, in Redania, Dijkstra and Philippa are working overtime, trying to maintain their spy versus spy grasp on power. Fortunately for all of us, their machinations lead to the fandom's new favorite power couple, Radskir. Yaskir and Radvid have a loot meet cute, and it is delightful. Philippa threatens Yaskir in an attempt to get him to bring Ciri to Redania, but the bard has little time to contemplate this proposal before he's whisked away to help the main trio lure Rience out of hiding by using Ciri as bait. And Vespula is in this episode too, and she is awesome. There's a big battle between various factions, a B-list character bites the dust, Rience gets away, and the found family is forced by circumstance to separate. 
Also, Amir shows up in the last scene of the episode to burn some portraits like the dramatic bitch that he is. And that's episode one of season three, Shaharawad. <laughs> nice. I feel like um, I, I slurred my way through at least two of those names, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Shaharawad. I'm going to have to make you drink for not saying meat loot. Meat loot. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I liked meat, loot meat cute, but yes, it is a meat loot. <laughs> meat loot. Um, yeah, Shaharawad is hard to say um we're gonna yeah that might be a little bit problematic as this episode goes on um and for anyone who is new um when i give the summaries on the spot they are nowhere near that good well so tim legit does them prepared. on the spot yeah i prepared i cheat <laughs> <laughs> um there's a lot of stuttering involved in mine and um and so this one dude does this and uh, anyhow um yeah you said so just to set this up a little further you said shara wed is the name of the episode it's mm -hmm. written by mike ostrowski and it's directed by Steven Surgic. I don't know. I might be mispronouncing that. Oh, there's going to be so much, especially with the new cast members. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I legit, we legit do try to do our research on how to pronounce names. But most of the time, it's just written out. That's not, you know, phonetic or it's not. You don't actually hear them saying it in an interview. So we're going to do mm -hmm. our best. But apologies for all the names we're about to screw up. And we're not we got, in Poland anymore, so I get to make you drink again. You do. <laughs> I was going to say, though, we got through we got through Hexer and all those Polish names, so we can get through this. I, yes. I believe in us, Valerie. Okay. Um, I, I have a question to start the whole discussion off. Yes. Um, before the episode even begins. Are you disappointed that this episode did not start in Kermoran? I No, I was hoping... That it would, it didn't. We, but I like, I like how they did it. I, I'm not disappointed. Okay, because we did think that if we're going to see Kermoran again, if we're going to see the other Witchers like Vesemir and Lambert and Cohen again, it was going to be probably at the very start of the season. Um, so, well, there's no guarantee. We don't know that they're not going to show up in those last three episodes. Right. Um, we've not seen those um, yet. You know, depending on when you're listening to this, that might, you know, that might not be clear. But we haven't seen those yet. So we don't know for all we know they could show up. But I, feel like I don't not think so. Yeah. yeah. I like just knowing what we know about the, the story and the books and 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 just kind of where they leave off at the end of the season. It just doesn't seem like there would be any reason to, you know, bring them back in. Like, I don't see how that would work. So we're probably not getting them is basically. Yeah. And I guess we should address this if there are any future listeners out there listening, not in the year of our Lord, July 2023, <laughs> we are recording these directly after the release of the first five episodes. So we have not mm -hmm. seen the last three yet. Yep. Um, and we will, that'll become clearer as we go on, <laughs> I think. Um, so, um, so yeah, you know, the one thing I would say about like kind of the opening of this show is this opening scene really kind of reminded me of the Witcher 3 game for some yeah. reason. I don't know. Yeah, the guy kind of, the, the professor kind of looked like his glasses are game. in the game. Yeah. Those yeah. Are his I mean, that's the thing. It reminded a, yeah, me of auction. those. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, he, doesn't, he doesn't survive long in, right, right, in the yeah. Netflix, <laughs> excuse me, in the Netflix series. But yeah, that's what he reminded me of. Yeah, and the music too. I mean, with the inclusion of Percival, I think has really just made the music pop this season in a way that it didn't in the previous season. And I, I've never said anything mean about the composer ever <laughs> on this podcast. Nope, not me. But no, I think the music this season just like pops in a way. And it is very reminiscent of the video game as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I haven't said anything <laughs> bad about the composer, but I will Look, say... Man, I didn't like the a... season two music with the exception of like two songs. I thought the it... season two music was really anemic and kind of eh and generic I fantasy know. music. Yeah. And I feel like there could be a number of reasons for that. You know, maybe it was time, maybe it was budget. It could be anything, but this music in this season, and we'll talk about it as the season progresses, I think is just mm-hmm. stellar and it's oh, yeah. like night and day. No, it's definitely taken a step up. I yeah. just, I don't think I had a big problem with season two, <laughs> but like it, it, it's, it's absolutely, this is the strongest music. Um, the main witcher series, I think is, I mean, um, the first season was good and it established like kind of our, our familiar witcher themes. Um, but this just, it, it, it's diverse. It, you know, it's textured and layered parts of it sound kind of like you said, yeah, reminiscent of the game while it still has the same themes we're familiar with, um, you know, it incorporates like sung songs like which we'll get to when we get to those episodes. But like it just it it really does like immediately just stand out. Um, so um, kudos for whoever whoever puts together, you know, makes those decisions behind the scenes and bringing in people and, you know, what sort of creative choices you're making musically, because um, if it's all Joseph, good for him. If it's if there's other people involved, but it was a wise decision. Um, so, what do you think of the dear friend letters? Valerie? I like it. I like it a lot. It's really uh-huh. cute. I thought it worked really well. It's a nice way of, you know, showing the passage of time, but it doesn't feel cheesy. It it, mm-hmm. it helped me buy into like these characters starting to come back together. Yeah, I thought. At first, I was like, oh, what are they doing? And I think you did, too, from what, you know, what you texted me while you were watching it the first time. But like it became clear kind of what they were doing, which is there. It's a good way to show um, that there's a good amount of time passing and you can kind of see, yeah, like how they're. Yeah, the, the chill is starting to thaw and um, and Geralt is starting to kind of, um, um, you know, be less like just. I see towards Yennefer, certainly um, Siri and, and Yennefer are bonding um, and you just kind of see these characters coming together slowly over time. And the letters should help illustrate that progression of time um, in a, a way that works. And it's interesting to me, producer Sean has not seen the episode and just, you know, for those of you who are regular listeners, he won't be watching these until um, probably the end of the season, and then he'll do a binge, um, we've, which is what he typically does. We made an exception for Hexer. Um, but like he is not. But like one thing I think will be interesting is I'm remembering his comments about the voiceover in Blood Origin, and I feel like this does add narratively to the story. Like I said, it kind of helps. It helps. They're showing and they're telling, you know, at the same time in a way that I think is effective. And and it helps that what they're showing are just some wonderful moments. Yeah, and I love that I it's thought. it's Jennifer narrating it as well because you get little glimpses at her character and her humor that I don't think you necessarily get to see otherwise. Like she's yeah. just a little more fully fleshed out as a person, which is fun. Yeah, yeah, I, she is, and I also like that she's showing full confidence in Siri. Um, like in one of the letters, um, she uses the word or she uses she puts it like she has great potential but little talent. But she then immediately follows that up and says, but that will change over time. Um, like, there's no doubt in her mind. And, um, and you know, and like, and I guess it gets to something that you're going to hear me probably come back to a lot throughout this season, which is I like this Yennefer. Like, you know, my opinion about Yennefer, you know, uh, we've talked about it, like not just in the show, um, but in just in general, I'm 
I don't love Yen as much as some people do. I don't dislike her. She's just, I'm just not as in love with her. Like some people just, she's their best character. And for reasons I get, you know, um, like, like I understand it, but it's like, to me, she's always just seems so cold and, and pragmatic and, and not warm, even to like, you know, even to the people she cares about. And I feel like um, this season on the show, um, through the writing, through Anya Chilotra's performance, um, that sort of facade is coming down. And she can be a, a boss, badass bitch when she needs to, but she's also, you know, very, very, um, lets herself be affectionate towards these people she cares about. And there's no doubt she'd do anything for Siri at this point. Yeah, um, and there's like a playfulness that you don't normally get to see as well with her. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, um, I mean, they're just fun. But like, I love yeah. the 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 playfulness all around. I love the the piggyback ride Geralt yeah, gives to Siri. So um, and then later on, um, Siri and Yen ice skating uh -huh, together. Yeah. yeah, like they're just those those moments and getting that while these letters are going on. I just think are are it's just a really wonderful combination. So I think it starts strong um, with these sort of found family scenes. Um, you know, I, I, I have to imagine you appreciated the dinner montage. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I love just that they get like it's basically them going from house to house kind of on the run. But at the same time, mm -hmm. they get to be a family for like a year. And it's yeah. really nice just to have, know that Siri had that. And that it helps yeah. build up the fact that they're, you know, you are building these familial bonds. So, yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, I like the dinner scene. It was fun. I Although I was like looking at what they were eating going. I think those are raw turnips. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it is, huh. there's a little line that I didn't catch until I turned the, yeah, the, yeah, subtitles, the subtitles on. Yeah. yeah, where like, and I don't know why it cracked me up, but I think it's it's Siri who says that Geralt's favorite food is radish. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, like, I don't know why I found that line so funny. <laughs> but, um Probably because it was just an awful, like, I don't know yeah, if that was scripted, if are that was, terrible. <laughs> if that was just her, uh, or if they were improvising, because it was, this was largely, well, I think, um, music is playing. There might be some of the, the, one of the letters being read, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, maybe there were like radishes. There were like little turnips or radishes yeah, or something. And I'm yeah. like, who eats? Like, the dinner looked like it sucked, to be real. Like, well, I was looking at the food, like, what even is this? Well, let's <laughs> it's be like real. three raw <laughs> turnips and a. <laughs> food would have. Who would have fucking sucked in like she that sort magic. of time or like, yeah. um, you know, like it just, it, it, it would have been like, yeah, yeah I guess maybe, you know, Yen could have enchanted it up a little bit. But I, like, I see I, why she wants the wine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, unless you were like royalty, like food was probably like, yeah, raw veggies yeah. or boiled veggies or something yeah. like that. And, you know, maybe some really unflavored meat if you were able to, <laughs> you know, catch an animal or like he goes out. Yeah, like she fish. talks about she talks about him getting squid, but I didn't yeah. see any actual squid, you know. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, him catching fish. But yeah, you get this nice little little sort of found family moments. You also get um um the re reunion with Yarpin. He's the one who finds yeah, him at he's last fun. house. Yeah, um, Yarpin's Airbnb. I would yeah. stay in that Airbnb. That looked like a nice house. It was definitely a nice little bigger retreat, than my apartment, retreat. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a nice lake out there. And yeah, stuff. it's like, pretty. Absolutely. Little guest uh, house off to the side. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, Yarpin is great. Like, I think I think this is probably his best episode so far. Yeah. This series. I mean, the one with the dragon, like he has some good moments in that one, too. But you're just that's your, when you're first introduced to him. He shows up in, in season two, but largely just kind of in half of a episode. And, yeah. You know, doesn't like he, you know, he, he doesn't really get a chance to make much of an impression. Um, 
But um, but this episode, I think he does. And um, it's clear. And he, he makes a good point, honestly, which is you guys are all hiding out. Like, fucking dye your hair, I Daryl. <laughs> I am often like, set. Or her, too. Like, I yeah, both of them. That. That's like a fanfic thing, too, where people occasionally will mention it in fanfic, but it very rarely happens. And I'm just like, yeah, dye your fucking hair, my guy. She's a sorceress. <laughs> like, glamour that shit up. Why is that yeah. so hard to do? Yeah. yeah. Well, you would think that'd be something they would do. But then Yen's still wearing her purple cloak while they're on her. So I just don't think, I just don't think like, like, you know, um, hiding out, living on the lamb is any of their strong. (laughs) They're not great at stealth, those three. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was just going to say they should all be wearing purple cloaks because who would do that twice? (laughs) (laughs) Yen, Uh, apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, dye your hair, dude. (laughs) <laughs> she looks great in that purple cloak. Like, um, I just, I, uh, but I always have agreed with you that it was not a good choice for having to sneak around. Right. For stealth. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think she looks good in it with her, with her violet eyes. Um, you want to talk about the contacts? Valerie? Let's talk about the eyes. Gonna, oh my God. The CGI eye budget has increased and I am so happy. I'm so happy. They look so much better. There's so much more eyeball CGI. Oh, uh, praise, praise the budget gods. It like makes <laughs> such a difference. Like yeah. there's a few scenes in later episodes we'll get to where it's very clearly the contacts. And I'm like, I wish they would have done CGI here. But mm. yeah, for the they still do use the contacts at times. But like a lot of the nighttime scenes, especially, or a lot of the scenes where they're really, really close on their eyes, they are CGI. And it's just yeah. it's like night and day. It just looks so much better. Because the problem with the contacts is they don't align properly all the time. And they just look so like weird and off-putting and fake. And like, especially with the nighttime scenes, I would as I would guess that you can't actually do the contacts at night because your pupil mm-hmm. doesn't have room to expand with the, you know, the mm-hmm. color contact on. I've never actually mm-hmm. worn color contact, so I'm not quite I sure don't how it remember works, that but... being a problem in my brief like flirtation with them ones? in my twenties. Yeah. In, in my twenties, yeah. like I, I don't remember if I said this, I, I won't go too into it, but in my twenties. Um, very briefly, I was uh, was dating someone who worked at uh, my optometry office, <laughs> and she would give me like like goofy contacts that they would get in just to play with, you know, yeah. that were in my prescription. And so she gave me a bunch of weird colored contacts that um, that I would wear. Um, like I remember, I took a trip once with only a pair of blue contact <laughs> lenses, and I met some people on that trip who like I hung out with for that week, and I realized. I don't know if they remember me and certainly don't know that they remember what I look like. But if they do, if they have that good of a memory, they they in their mind, I have blue eyes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like I'm a blue eyed, you know, individual, which is not the case. Well, there you <laughs> go. But yeah, like all the nighttime scenes, they had the CGI eyes and they just used it so much more. And I was so happy because it looks so much better. Yeah. Just looked, they used it on Siri a couple times, too. She's the one that has them um, in the most, the contacts, I feel, and they don't look quite as weird on her. But yeah, Yennefer's and Geralt's are just so fucking weird looking. So I was really, really psyched to see that they had contact budget or uh, excuse me, a CGI budget this season. I wonder what you would have thought if you had met me with those contacts. Contacts like, those, those we'll weird. Ones. And if I ever, or if I ever, like, for some reason decided to wear them again, you'd be like, oh my God. I'd be I, curious, because honestly, like, light on top of dark looks weird. It's just there's something yeah. about it where no. it doesn't quite work. So I get why Anya, like, the purple looks really weird on her, because it's just hard to go in that order. Like, going mm-hmm. the other way, like, light to dark generally looks a lot more realistic, but. They didn't, they never looked, na- I never thought they yeah. looked natural on me. I think you would think they would look yeah. really fucking weird, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of funny considering how much you react to contacts on this show where yeah. I'm just like, oh, whatever. But I, it's not just me. I've had other friends who are not hardcore Witcher people, right. but who watch the show 
Um, one of them um, commented on um, on the contacts as well in season two. So yeah. it's not even just people like you and and um, and some of the other hardcore fans. The problem fans for out me, there. it's it's just like they're a shield. They're yeah. very soulless. It's really hard. Like you know, they're trying to have these big emotional moments, and they just kind of dead eyed. It's just yeah. it's not the same. You lose some of that soul. So well, I hope I'm, you don't think I'm I'm not soulful wearing contact lenses because I've never seen you with the blue ones. So you know <laughs> uh, like at least I know the regular. Yeah. At least I know the regular ones. My soul shines through. Yeah, because well, they're <laughs> clear. But yeah, they're not like blocking um, off your pupil. Yeah. But yes, I'm very happy. In conclusion, <laughs> yay CGI contact budget, <laughs> or Our, CGI eye budget makes me so happy. And and on the flip side, though, I gotta <laughs> I have to bring up the wigs, the wigs, uh, yeah. which is weird because I don't normally notice stuff like that. Right. But like, why? Like, and it's weird because sometimes Anya's wig looks. Um, I don't notice it at all. It looks yeah. fine to me. It just it's whatever, you know. And then other times it does look really bad and yeah. unnatural and and just kind of cheap and I don't one I don't understand what's going on there. Two, I don't want like they had to have found, been able to find a better wig than yeah, that. Yeah, it's like when it's curly there's like chunks of it that are together that mm -hmm. just looks very fake to me. Like the way the wave goes, you just have large pieces of wave that are all together if that makes yeah. sense and it just it huh. looks like a wig, you know, it doesn't yeah. it's not behaving like natural hair series too to a point. Like she has these two little white pieces that kind of come down in the front and sometimes See, the way they were hanging, I was like, "Ooh, that's that yeah, doesn't hang, hair doesn't Siri. hang like that. Hers is okay for the most part. And I think it's because it's a braid. So yeah. it doesn't fall free as much. But when she has the little dangly bits in the front, sometimes they fall in a weird way that I'm like, that doesn't seem natural. Yeah. Hers doesn't. I don't I don't notice it with Siri. I don't yeah. really notice um, Geralt's wig. Um, it just looks he just looks like Geralt now at this yeah. point. It's only Yen and it's not all the time. It's just sometimes. Um, and then, of course, the other hair, um, you know, like, and I just, I'm sticking to yeah. the hair topic, even though we haven't gotten to him in the episode yet. But Yaskir, I know, though, that's not his wig, That's his right? hair. That's his actual. I think his hair actual fine. Hair. I know people, like, made a big stink about it online when there was a still release because it didn't look great in the still. But it was, like, one still from one moment in one episode, you know? Mm. I think his it, hair looks fine. I don't mind it. And, like, I got... Oh, Philippa's hair is like fan, fan for fantastic. Oh, so like yeah. when Philippa they have real amazing. hair to work yeah. with, I feel like they yeah. do a really good job. Yeah. But, yeah. Philippa has amazing hair. Um I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I agree fully with Yasker. I I um I got used to it. So yeah. it's not like it was bugging me every time I he was on screen. Um, but it just it didn't look at I don't think it looks as good as the previous two seasons. Yeah. I don't know. Um I don't know why they thought that was a good approach. See, um, I like it and I like it because I think it ages him up a little bit. It and does. He's somebody who's supposed to be in his 40s now, like maybe even mid 40s. I'm not sure. So like I, mm. I do feel that it makes him look a little more mature than when he has like, his boyish season one cut. Yeah, it does. But he also strikes me as someone who wouldn't want to look mature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd want to hold on to that that yeah. youthful, you know, youthfulness as much as as long as possible. Um so, um, but anyhow, getting back to, to the story. So, um, Yarpin is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yarpin is awesome. Um, I like Yarpin... how he goes, I expect payment for my discretion after you have the repeat of Geralt. Like this is for your, just payment for your discretion, payment for your discretion. Yeah. Yarpin's like, I expect payment for my discretion. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, 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 you know, as I feel like, I feel like that's something you can, you can approve of. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get that also, point. He also is the one who mentions Beltane. Yes. Um, and um, 
<laughs> I like that he's like, he says to Siri, you could win May Queen, but my, what is it, like his, his niece's, niece. <laughs> his niece's beard is coming in nicely or something. He says yeah. like that. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, like I like, um, he's the one who suggests going, going to Beltane. Is that a good suggestion, do you think, or not? Yeah, I mean, like, if they actually disguised her better, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that yeah. jumping ahead, the monster <laughs> would have found her regardless of where she was. Yeah. But um, what is what yeah. is with that mask? That they mask got is her? awful. It's that like mask everyone's, is the worst. Everyone's wearing fucking masks. Like she could. It'd be so easy to just get a good mask. Yeah. But she's she, like holding it, and then she's not even got it up later. Yeah. yeah. Then, then once she goes up and dances, she doesn't even have it. So yeah. she's like maskless through most of. And again, Yen has magic. She can't just like do a glamour for. Like, an hour like <laughs> like, like i said for all yeah. all girls we gotta be careful we gotta be they're yeah. they're awful at hiding out yeah they're like, just not your good. hair come on buddy. <laughs> they're just not good at this like i don't think yeah yeah that's my thinking too is i don't think going to the festival um under these circumstances is necessarily a bad thing because yeah siri you know they they all needed the break they all needed the the bit of energy and um and the the moment to kind of you know, um, have some fun, let their, let their hair down, so to speak. And, 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 and not worry, Yeah. <laughs> and not worry so much about everything that's going on in their lives. They all needed that. I think that was valuable, but yeah, they, they could have hide They could have hid, um, Siri a bit better, um, for sure. But Beltane is also, I think where Yen and, um, and Geralt really sort of start having the conversation that goes on through this whole first volume of basically their relationship you know and here it's like takes form of them reminiscing about you know these all these fun nights that they had together but that the mornings were lonely and one or the other of them would leave um and why you know. they left and well you know yeah. starting to get into the nitty-gritty of like the gin wish and you know yeah is this something that i want or is this something i just magically made to want and yeah 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 um but um but I do kind of like it. It felt believable to me. I it thought was it was interesting of... that Geralt was the one that had said that too, and not Yennefer. She's kind of the one that's been all about choice. And now Geralt's mm-hmm. like, yeah, is this what I want? I don't know, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it, it makes, it's, but like I said, it makes sense. It's believable. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think this feels like a, a, it felt like a very natural conversation and the sort of place where um, I think by life experience, we would know, um, these things tend to happen, you know, these conversations tend to happen. Where do you, where do you get into your past with someone you've been involved with? It's like over drinks, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, at a party, at a bar, at a, at a fair or festival like this is, you know, um, when you kind of, you know, the, the facade has come down a little bit and you're, you know, speaking a little more honestly and from the heart and while also, you know, <laughs> remembering the fun times you guys used to have together. That's how that felt very, felt very believable to me. Um, and, you know, and it starts and I feel like that continues throughout um, the five episodes we've gotten. They, they continue to have parts of this conversation. So speaking um, of include- remembering the fun times, what did you think of Jennifer uh, reusing her bondage dress from the gym well, episode? It is it. All right. I like it. Um, one, because it is probably one of the best dresses mm-hmm. she's ever worn. I mean, I, you know, I think it is, it was my number one pick for, um, when we did our fashion episode, I, I love the dress, but I also like the fact that it's like, 
yeah, come on. You know, you don't wear a dress once. You're not like, unless you're a fucking, you know, yeah. Hollywood celebrity, you know, or like, you know, runway model or something. You don't wear it like, you know, you you have a dress that yeah. has a masquerade mask and you're going to a, a masquerade party. You're going to fucking wear that dress again. Did you know, it was missing some of the straps in the front, which I, I'm not sure why that was. I thought that yeah. was interesting. There's normally more like straps in the front of it that they took out. So I'm like, maybe, oh, I wonder what that was about. Maybe she wanted to show off her neckline a bit more. Easy access. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't mind that at all. Um, I thought it was a little interesting when we saw it in the trailer, but now yeah. it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. Did you like it? Oh yeah, it was the only good dress she wore all season. Oh, what we're getting into it? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, was it? Did she wear other dresses? Oh yeah, she yeah. wears a dress at, at the on the last episode, which we'll talk yeah. about then. Um, mostly she wears that sort of pantsuit thing that she, she I, I don't know if this on. is the episode to get into it. I am not a fan of a lot of the costumes this season. So I know, I know. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't mind Yen's little pantsuit though. Mm. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, they're ugly. I think they look, here's my problem with it. I think it looks like something I could buy off the rack today. Yeah. And that I don't think is something that should be in a, a fantasy. I think that, that it looks kind of cheap and lazy. And I think that there's more you can do to it. In order to, like, yeah. I don't mind that she's wearing pants. Like, that's fine. But mm. that combined with the blouse that's got the printing on it, and it's just like a, a lazy neckline. It's all elastic. I, it's just, there's nothing about any of these costumes that I'm looking at them going, oh, that's so cool. I love it so much. Like, season one had so many amazing outfits. And love it or hate it, I know you have strong feelings about the rope dress, but at least the yeah. rope dress, like, made a statement and was interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this stuff is so bland and so boring. And I'm trying not to be a hater, guys, because hating things on the Internet does not make you interesting or cool. And I'm trying to come at it from a an actual critical perspective. But it's just uh, every single thing she wears. I think it just looks really kind of slapdash and cheap and like something you could totally piece together. I, and I'm not the only one. I know people online have said called it like H&M or I think it's pronounced Sheen. I've actually never shopped on it. But yeah, hmm. I just uh it just looks like pieces you could pick up in a retail store and they threw it together. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not just not a fan of the stuff she wears. I think it's ugly. I, I'm not going to disagree with yeah. that. I don't know what the decision was there taking that approach. Um, I, I guess the one thing I disagree with is I don't I don't think it's ugly. I think it looks it looks fine on her. Um, like, I don't think honestly. I know in the game she wears stuff like this and, you know, and mm, a lot of people think about game, that, but like, she's like got a lot, there's a lot more going no, on. No, it. I mean, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, um, what I'm, what yeah. I mean is in the game, she wears stuff that is not what I would consider, um, practical for what she's doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I feel like this, I mean, I wouldn't say it's fully practical, but it's far more practical than like, say what she wears in the game and some of these other dresses we've seen her in and in past seasons. Um, and yes, the fucking rope dress. Um, yeah, like I think, um, I think, I think it's a, like it, it works in that regard, but it's not visually interesting Yeah, and it doesn't feel, it feels, yeah, it does feel weirdly like, like modern and cheap contemporary is the for, word. cheap and modern for, are the words I keep coming back to. It yeah. It just looks like cheap and it looks modern. And, and then my other thing about the costumes too, they do it a little bit in the montage but like Jennifer only has three outfits. Geralt has yeah. the same thing, which I don't mind. Geralt, Geralt strikes me as someone who had the same outfit. Like that's very in character for Geralt for me. And then Siri has like two different shirts that she recycles. Mm. And it's and then Yaskier throughout the entire season is in the same thing the entire time. And I'm just like, really? 
He doesn't have yeah. a single other shirt. Like, this is it. This is all he's wearing through, like, I assume the season takes place over a month at least, you know? Yeah. So. No, that is that that is all very strange. Yeah, I don't understand why they... I mean, it does yeah. feel like they slashed the costume budget or something. Yeah, well, you know what? If the CGI eyes were the... Were the yeah, one, yeah what if that was it? What I'm, if it's like... I'm oh, like, oh, Give me the CGI eyes any day of the week. But, you could have the CGI eyes or... Or the have, costumes, like, yeah. You could have costumes. Yeah, but I just... I don't know, man. I look at the stuff in season one, and the stuff in season one was so interesting and detailed. And there was, like, soul to it. There was, like, the cage dress. It was representative of, like, how she feels trapped or to say yeah. with the eels on her skirt, you mm -hmm. know? There was, like, interesting little details and thought behind it. And it's like, oh, well, her eyes are purple, so here's a purple top, you know? Uh, like, it was just like, oh, I okay. mean, I yeah. mean, um, Philippa does have the little owl pendant. Yes, there I do still... like Philippa's. I will say, like, the Yennefer costumes I hate, the Philippa costumes, with the exception yeah. of her um, fanned one, I quite like. Oh, you don't like her Thanid one? Nope, oh. but we'll get into that in a later episode. Oh, <laughs> you and I are going to... Sparks are going to fly in our Thanid All right, episode. Because I do, I do like Not a lot of Not as all as it seems, Tim. That's a joke for five episodes down the road. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so do you want to yeah. keep talking about the main trio or should we... Well, um, I wanted to ask what... Okay, well, okay. Um, I think it's all of the thing, uh, like all kind of, of what I was getting to. But um, let's start with this. Um, we also are introduced to um at this point or around this time to like Riance and mm -hmm. new Riance. New Riance. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan not of the new Riance. Sorry. No, no. I really don't. Um I um he's now being played by Sam Wolf. And I feel like um, um who's it? Chris Fulton was a previous yeah. Riance actor. Chris Fulton had a menace to mm -hmm. him that was always kind of there. He seemed scary and intense and you never like he felt like you know any minute you this guy's gonna hurt you yeah and and this this um sam wolf his his presence is absolutely not the same it just it's um it, you know when he's doing the little fire thing it feels like it's a party trick now to yeah. him like you know um rather like before it just felt like that snapping felt like so sinister uh, threat yeah. yeah like honestly they probably should have let it go because it um you know it, you do it too much it just becomes kind of cheesy um but now yeah he shows up like you know and lights up his finger on fire and it's like it just feels like a party trick and he just does not um he just does not have that menace anymore There's yeah just he kind of reminds his... me of like a goon or a henchman which he is yeah, but yeah yeah it's, yeah. Not, it's not the same no, not at all. And um, and consider, yeah, he is. You're right. That's basically what he is. But he's also through these episodes, the closest you have to kind of a big bad. Like there's the question of who is controlling yeah. Riance, and and that's you know that's the ultimate one. At least how we see it right now. Um, and um, and so you have that. But um, but like as for the the faces we ha we know right now, he's kind of the 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 biggest adversary. I mean, that's what ultimately this hinges on is drawing him out and Geralt, you know, Geralt split at the end, splits off from Siri and Yen to go after him. So, you know, he's supposed to be this big villain and you're right. He feels like just like any one of those henchmen, you know, no different really than any of the guys he shows up with in the, the later scene. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not a fan. Um, I'd say he's the only sort of new cast member that I really felt, you know, um, was a little bit of a letdown, but um, yeah, because I think all the other ones we meet this season, I've enjoyed them all. 
but yeah. he he was uh, he's the one I was a little disappointed with. I could take or leave Robbie Amell's delivery on some of his lines. Oh, <laughs> I kind of liked 2. it. Two This is how I'm doing all my lines. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it. It I was okay. That. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> I'm um, not sure what kind of accent you're doing here, Robbie, <laughs> but this is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you just, I mean, you're right. But yeah. he was consistent about it. He was he consistent. Seemed, he seemed like he was. Um, you know, he just seemed like he was kind of this grizzled, you know, yeah. elf, elven warrior dude. You know, that hardcore scar across his face. Yeah. You know? The makeup <laughs> like, was good. I liked his scar. I liked Ria- New Rience's facial, you know, yeah. the eyeball and everything worked. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, the makeup is great. Um, it's just, yeah, the the performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like, yeah. Like, so we... um. Well, let's see. Before we get, you know, I'm going to say something mean, and I apologize to New Rience, but he's like the personification of the Wilhelm scream. You know, the Wilhelm scream. (laughs) They use all the movies. Like that's kind of what it reminds me of in human form. I'd say about five of our listeners probably really cracked up about that, but just five. (laughs) That's okay for you five. You're welcome. (laughs) Um. So. uh, before we get, I want to talk more about the elves, but before we do, um, you know, to finish off Beltane, what did you think of this monster, uh, which they I'm call the conf- Jacopé? Yeah, yes, I know what you're going to say. Why it's called a Jacopé, and uh, I'm going to butcher the name here, but like Shalimar, 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 yeah. like the little yeah. ar- aardvark, yeah. roly poly yeah. pill bug thing. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. With, I agree, with Sean. You got to drink on that one. Sh- why is it not the aardvark? I'll tell you why I think. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Copyright is, for the game only? Yeah, that would be my guess. Uh, uh, my yeah. suggestion, my, my, my hunch is that it was intended to be a Shilmar and, um, you know, they couldn't get approval for that. So they had to change the name. That would be my guess. Okay. That is not anyone listening. That is not based on any actual knowledge I have. None of us have knowledge about the production of the show. We speculate. We make guesses based off of what we know to be common in Hollywood. And that's what we do here. Yeah. So, um, and I think that would be my guess is that it was because it's so similar to a Shelmar otherwise. Like yeah. we all thought that's what it was uh, when we saw it in the trailer. And yeah. then they're call- suddenly calling it a Jackapace. Jackapace comes by smell. Jackapace. <laughs> Jackapace. <laughs> Jackapace um, just that sounds like bad. such a Maybe silly name. Maybe I should drink name. more Seagram's. Jackapace. Smoke some 40 year old cu- cigarettes. Oh, the time of adept. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically there's like this month, this guy that like, captures and trains monsters and he uh-huh. has a half elf employee that he's terrible to and um <laughs> yeah they, he, he's terrible and i didn't even bother to write down his name that's how bad no. he is but yeah. um so he's trained it to like detect elven blood because reasons yeah. <laughs> and Rians finds out and uses series blood that he still has from yeah. when he stole it from Kermora and to get this thing to find her which it does and there's a fight in the maze and she does a great job and does cool mm-hmm. witcher moves and yeah but girl yeah, they, ultimately takes it yeah girl gets it and uh-huh. they, they're like we have to leave again oh no's well that was but that was a nice little scene um where um they have to leave and like he's like we'll find another house and yeah. she's like Sirius says, I like this one. And Yen said, we all did, you know, yeah. like that was, it just acknowledging that that was, that was the house where they finally kind of came together yeah. and they were, they were truly happy together there for a brief while. And and now that's over. Um, you know, there was one other cute little moment in the maze where she's fighting it and she does that cool jump flip thing. And then she blasts yeah. some magic 
And uh-huh. she blasts it again and it like goes further back. She's all proud of herself. And the camera pans around and you see Yennefer's behind her. Like, I know. Thing. Like that was cool. Like, oh, it was yeah, cool, yeah. but I felt bad for Siri. Siri, like, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, wah, wah, wasn't you. Sorry, girl. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so they, they leave. Then we get like other bits. I think this is like, it's after um, this moment we we're introduced to the elves and, um, you know, and, and how they're looking for Dol Blathana. Francesca is looking for um, for Siri, um, and this is where we meet um, Gallatin, and he's mm-hmm. basically a Squayatel general or commander or something. Yeah. I don't know what their ranks are. If they have ranks, but commander of some sort. He's a flying who, squirrel. No, yeah, who's at odds? <laughs> who's at at odds with her? Or, you know, basically doesn't see eye to eye with what she's doing. He doesn't really think Siri is important. I tend to agree with him, by the way. Like, everything he's saying, he's got some banger lines where he's like, you want to keep elves alive? Here we are. Are, Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I like Gallatin as a character. I I think he's a nice addition. Like I said, I don't mind the voice, but, I mean, if you don't like it, it's fine. (laughs) It's Um, fine. I was just like, okay, he made a choice. (laughs) Yeah. This was Um, it. I've not seen him in anything, so I don't know, like, what he normally sounds like, but, yeah. I've not seen him. Of course, his cousin, Stephen Amell, I'm I'm greatly familiar with. Yeah, I've... I've interviewed him a few times and of course had to follow that show. Um, and he, and, and, and he's great. I, I've, you know what I have seen Robbie in? Robbie was also in a, a DC show briefly called DC's legends of tomorrow mm. where he played, um, he played one half of the character, um, firestorm firestorm is two people fused together into one oh. to become the hero. And, um, and he played one hat, one of those, those, those two. And also I think when he was in the suit, it was Robbie. So, yeah, that's the one thing I saw him, and so I know he doesn't say, he doesn't talk like that normally. <laughs> um, but um, but you know he looked he he looked pretty good as an elf. Like you know, I think the elves largely um, look good. I will say, um, you know, going forward, I think the elves are the kind of the one narrative thread that's a little bit the weakest to mm-hmm. me, um, just because of. And I think we'll talk more about it as these episodes go on. But just because of, uh, yeah, you're not entirely quite clear what they're doing. I mean, you get enough of it to get the gist of it, but um, whereas it's, you know, you, you, you see all the different machinations these other groups are making, you know, but, um, but the elves, it's just kind of a lot of sort of infighting between them, it seems like. And, um, and, and, you know, maybe that's it, you know, maybe they're their own worst enemy. Um, But Francesca seemed so, she seemed pretty smart in season two. And so, um, you know, seeing her not realize that this isn't the right way to do things, um, is a little disappointing. So, um, we also meet, um, we get, well, we get, we get reintroduced to King Vizimir. We get a lot of King Vizimir this season. Mm -hmm. Um, we get a lot of, um, Dijkstra. We get a lot of, of Philippa, which is a nice, you know, nice after we got none of her last season. And then, of course, we're introduced to uh, um, Prince uh, Prince Radovid. Prince you wanna, Radovid. You wanna you wanna talk a little bit about any of these characters? I know yeah, you wanna talk I about mean, Radovid. They're all awesome. I love uh-huh. that we get to spend time with all of them. I first of all adore the relationship between Deestra and Philippa. Yeah. I love this like frenemy co-worker spy versus spy thing they have going on. Subdom? Subdom. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like and I like that she's still gay. Mm, I know people were subdom. worried about that online. <laughs> Wait till like, we get to episode two. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I know people were worried online. They're like, oh no, are they gonna make Dijkstra and Philippa an item? And I, I don't think they have. And I appreciate yeah. like how they are navigating their relationship in a way that's 
it it is sort of sexy, but not. But yeah, <laughs> I think she. I yeah. think she is absolutely queer. Absolutely, oh, she's like like yeah. she yeah, absolutely is into the ladies, but mm-hmm. is is willing to to sleep with men to get. Oh yeah, they had a wants. really funny little yeah. back and forth where they were doing rock paper scissors or let yeah. me see what I what was it called? It was uh, they, they called it. it something else. I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, and they yeah. um they were d- debating over oh uh, boulder parchment dagger, <laughs> and they were like fighting over who had to do what. And like I had to seduce the person last yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, I had to do this, and you know, yeah, <laughs> it was just really cute. Like I really like. Yeah, that. no, that's and you that's, can tell they've been like friends for a long time. They talk about being you know working. together. Uh-huh. for a long time and everything i just yeah. thought they had great chemistry together i really enjoyed their like wacky co-worker banter yeah and how they clearly like are both very intelligent and both play off of each other i just thought they were great like their whole relationship <laughs> was really enjoyable and i think she's there's a few new characters this season that are like the breakout stars and i feel like cassie claris philip was definitely one of them she was so she just wonderful and delightful during the she whole is. thing yeah. At one point, at one point, you have to, you absolutely have to watch Sandman and see her yeah. as, um, as oh, I forget her, I'm spacing on her name, what, uh, uh, Mazikeen, yeah, um, oh, Mazikeen, sorry, yeah, see her as Mazikeen in, in, um, the yeah. kind of the hell sequences, um, because she has similar energy, but she's more playful, definitely more playful, yeah. as um, Philippa, but both of them are just like bad kind of boss, yeah, you know, bo- like women who just like you know, like own the, own the ground that they walk on. And, um, and, you know, and I think she's, yeah, she is absolutely a standout character. Yeah. This now speaking season. Credit where credit is due. I do like the majority of her costumes. Her costumes yeah. are cool. They're very puffy. They're very reminiscent of feathers and birds, mm-hmm. like little bird elements on the bodices and stuff. At yeah. one point, the hair team put like a little bird bead on her skull. I know. Yeah. yeah. So like, I really like those references and I think that's really fun. Yeah. So Radovid's introduced. Again, mm-hmm. I know people were a little nervous about the introduction of Radovid because he's kind of a non-entity in the books and the character in the games yeah. is horrible, even though like he's not based off the games. The games are their own thing. Yeah. But I love him. Oh, I he's great. He's another he's standout. Delight. He's played by, yeah. I believe, Hugh Skinner is the actor's mm-hmm. name. Hugh Skinner. in Mamma Mia 2. And uh-huh. um, he is and then an absolute... on Fleabag is what I think most people. Yeah, know I've for. not seen Fleabag yet. I know a very different character. Yeah, <laughs> but he's, he's an absolute delight. Yeah, he's really just funny and foppish. But then you can tell that there's more going on as we get later into the season. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, go ahead. He um he. I mean, I just think he has pure rock star swagger. Like yeah. I see him every time I've seen him, I'm thinking of you know like like some. Some British, you know, um, like total rock star, whether it's like, yeah, play, you know, whether it's channeling a little bit of that. Uh, I don't want to say Freddie Mercury, but Bowie. Um, and, yeah, a little Bowie, little, little, honestly, a little spinal tap. Even you know, <laughs> he's, he's just got like, like a little you Mick know, Jagger, maybe. Yeah, yeah. All that, all that, you know, combined in a blend in like this wonderful blender where like, you know, he's a little buffoonish, but yeah. he's also like he's undeniably charismatic um and you know and and pretty attractive and like and 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 he you know you get the sense that he's playing he's playing his own long game yeah i think because, he's kind of putting on airs and he's playing yeah. a fool on purpose yeah exactly yeah. exactly because every now and then you get these moments of real intelligence from him like um you know like when we um we see him next which is when you know we're reintroduced to Yaskir. um mm-hmm. Which, um, you know, I think we can go to the, that moment because yeah. that was like um, that was that comes after basically um, 
Geralt and um, Gan and Siri decide to join um, Yarpin on his caravan to yeah, lure so, Rience out. Yeah, and, and so, Siri decides she's going to be bait because yeah. they realize that if they can track her blood, they can track her anywhere, so nobody's yeah. safe. So they're going to so, try and lure Rience. Yeah, yeah. And so then we get to that moment where he's um, he's re re reintroduced to um Yaskir, who's actually going to be the other visible sort of bait with Siri. And um and we see him and um yeah we also are introduced to Vespula who <laughs> shows up a grand total of two times in these episodes. And god damn it if I haven't like <laughs> fallen in love with this character. Uh, played by <laughs> Bo Holland. Bo Holland. Whoever yeah. I don't who knows who knows who Bo Holland is, but she's great. Yeah, she's delightful in this. She's she great. Was so fun. Like I, you know, Bo Holland, you should be in a lot more things. You're, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like we get that, we get the scene we love in both the <laughs> the stories. Um, they even had it in Hexer, and now we get it in in Netflix, which are her throwing his, <laughs> throwing Yasker's stuff down yeah. from above. He's like, these um, aren't even mine. Referring to someone else's pants. It's like, did you think I was the only one who you were the only one having something on the side? Fun like, on the side. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, yeah, that like, <laughs> the, you know, she also does throw down his loot, which um, Radovid catches. But the other one I like is when um, when Philippa shows up and, you know, she's like, she doesn't have a crossbow up there. And he's like, <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, well, actually, maybe <laughs> like no crossbows. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, and then Yasker. I also got to call out Yasker's great line here, which is. When will magic sexy women just stop <laughs> jumping out at me? <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, I don't think I'd have any complaints, dude. I don't know what yeah. your problem. <laughs> now I, um, I will say while I'm talking costumes, I don't dislike his costume. It's his one costume the whole season. And uh, like, I, I love the deep V very much. I love that his costumes are getting progressively sluttier with each passing yeah. season. Um, mm -hmm. I like the cut of it. I like the little details, the little inlet um, stitching and stuff. There's little eye holes in it. I think it's cute. I like the floral motif. I'm a little iffy on the use of printed patterns this season. There's a lot yeah. of printed patterns. Yennefer, we talked about her purple top has one. There's one in a later episode where, I don't know, it's not like I'm not a historical costumer, so I can't speak to that element of it. I do know that, you know, patterns did exist long, long ago and they would have existed in this time. But the way that they're, again, done in the show looks very modern. It just looks a little too uniform. It looks like something somebody did on a computer and printed it out. So I don't yeah. incredibly dislike it on this outfit, but it is something that they do a lot this season. And modern printing techniques are actually used throughout this episode. And there's got to be one more instance in which I mentioned them at the end. So between like the loot sticker and the fabric, I'm kind of like, guys, can we like make this look a little old timey maybe. Yeah. 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 But I did, um, I did want to mention, you know, um, because we had discussed this a lot when we were talking about blood origin, um, is the fact that song of the seven is mentioned in this first episode. Um, uh, most likely then Yasker's blood origin scenes are set between seasons yep. two and three. Um, cause we did not know that for sure when we were watching blood. Origin. Yeah. And he so. has the two rings now. So in he this does? episode, he's got the two rings on the necklace. See, I didn't notice that. A few of them times it looked like he only had one to me, but I, I admittedly was not looking very close. So yeah. if um, if you say you saw two, I, I trust you over that. Um, uh, we got to talk about... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. What were you going to say? What we got to talk, talk about Philippa's amazing facial expressions while the flirting is going down. Did you <laughs> notice that? 
No, I didn't. Got really. this awesome I was too. Soap. I was too focused on this like chemistry the going chemistry, on right yeah. in front of me. Yeah. So like, like they're talking about if it's like you could be our court bard, and Yasker's like, oh no, thanks, settling down's not for me, or life at court estate, or something like that. Yeah. And Radvid goes, if your time at court estate, you've been doing it, doing wrong. it wrong, and they kind yeah. of, and then Philip is in the back, and her face is just like the fuck <laughs> she's kind of like like what am i witnessing right now no thank you like it's really funny yeah no i mean she's she's awesome but yeah i did yeah. not notice her in that moment oh, she was so funny yeah <laughs> um yeah I, i'm sorry but you got <laughs> you got those two characters up front and center and yeah. that's gonna kind of gonna be are you team are. rad scare are you uh, uh, aboard the <laughs> the good ship rad scare now <laughs> For now, for, for now, for, we'll see like, how it I'm goes enjoying it. I'm, en yeah. I'm enjoying it while it's there, but um, and we'll talk a lot more about this as we go on. But I don't, I don't trust Rad yeah. or Radovid. I don't Radovid, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't. I think, like I said, I think he's playing his own, his yeah, own game. Yeah, playing his own game. Yeah. Um. So I don't, you know. I, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so um, Philippa threatens uh, Yaskier, says that they're going to hurt all the elves unless he plays ball and gets Siri. Mm -hmm. to uh, to Redania. Uh, yeah. it's cute. She, she's like threatening him. He's like, yeah, I got the gist. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I got what you're putting down. Thanks. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yarpin shows up. And yeah. uh, Yaskir introduces himself with his full name again, which I've never understood why he does that. It doesn't make sense to me. It's weird. <laughs> I know. Making, they make a joke. It doesn't make sense to Yarpin either. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Like, also, yeah. no one knows he was, like, everyone knows he was Yaskir. So what's it yeah. matter? And then Yennefer calls him Pancrantz later too. And it's just like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I like when we used to call him Letting Hove. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's like, what can I do for you? And he's like, I've got ears and good taste, so nothing. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it is weird how every time Yaskir is around Yarpin, he gets yeah. really fucking awkward. What is that about? <laughs> Maybe he has a crush. I don't know. <laughs> Yaskir saw that glorious old spice commercial with the beautiful flowing locks atop the unicorn. And he was like, sign me up for that, please. Yeah. Maybe that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Because he gets really fucking awkward around Yarpin. And I don't yeah. know what that's about. Every episode. Like, it was the first one episode in season one where we're like, why is Yaskir? Yaskir acting like such an idiot. It was like yeah. that episode with Yarpin. And, um, you know, like he's he's always being awkward. Like like when he's dropping that stuff or whatever yeah. in season two is around Yarpin. And now it's like, um, yeah, here he is again. So, yeah, uh, maybe he has a self a little dwarf crush. <laughs> what, what would that even be called? Like, um, oh, like Yarskir? Yarsk I would probably be Yarskir. Yarskir? I don't think he could do the other way around. Because <laughs> uh, um, it would just be like yapping. Yeah. Oh, yapping? Yapin? I don't know. Yapping? <laughs> Yapin? Yarskir? I don't know. <laughs> is, this a, is this a ship? Is this something Did that Did we just invent exists? a ship? Yeah, good job, Tim. You invented a ship. Now you have to write a fanfic. So, okay. <laughs> Um, so Yaskir is being used to sort of as bait to help Siri be bait. Yeah, Yaskir is not yeah. thrilled about it. No, no. Uh, but we finally get to this um, episode's namesake. We get to Sherawed. Yeah. And um, and we're introduced to, um, oh God, is it Aileren? I'm going to go with Aileren. I think that sounds right. Um, she's the elven warrior who thought that she could defeat the humans, um, but instead leaves like, leads all of her, her, you know, her um, elven soldiers to their deaths. 
So um, she gets like a, a nice carved statue in this garden or this this former palace that was sacred to the elves. Um, and Geralt uses it as a, basically a place to discuss, you know, the importance of neutrality with Siri. Um, now we'll get to this um, when we get to our off the path sec- section, but this is uh, this is um, a, a variation on something that happens in the books. Um, and, um, and it's an important scene in the books and it's probably an important scene here too. Um, what do you think of the whole Sherwood scene and sequence? Um, I, there are parts of it I like, there are parts of it that I'm a little eh on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the conversation that they have. I like the, the parenting that both Geralt and Yennefer do. Um, I like Geralt sort of ex- explaining his political or lack of political views. Mm-hmm. I have a little issue with something Siri says in it where she's talking about how she wants to be a ruler for everyone. And mm-hmm. she says, I'm part elf. I'm part human. I understand both because I am both. Mm-hmm. And I I heard that and I'm like, what, girl? You found out you were part elf like last year. Like finding <sighs> out you were ethnically something doesn't mean you actually understand the elven experience when you've passed your entire life for being human and thought you were human up until like very recently. I just, I, it rubbed me the wrong way. I was kind of well, like, girl, I understand what you mean, but like. You're right, but she's yeah. also a teenager. That sounds like the sort yeah, of thing yeah, a, teenage, a teenager would an say, idealistic yeah. teenager would say. Like, um, I think, I think you can definitely pick apart a lot of um, what she says in these moments. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I'm going to give the writers the benefit of the doubt here and say, I think that's all probably deliberate because, you know, um, what, what happens from here what happens throughout the you know the story and you know i can only guess um future seasons but certainly what happens in the books is all of it sort of basically really really um tries these beliefs of hers and these yeah. these the, the, the you know her her way of seeing things is so simple and so um you know black and white and like you know and i'm going to be able to do this or I want to do that. I want to, you know, like her, she, she certainly means well. And, and yeah. Geralt even says that he says, I don't doubt you. I do doubt this the world. world. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, what she says is I wrote some of that. I wrote down what you had said. I won't repeat mm-hmm. that. Um, but like, she says, what if, um, you know, after like Yen mentions, you know, um, you know, how the elves have that saying, what has been, need not always be, um, and, um, and then Siri mentions how, um, they've both come into her life. So they've taught her different things. And she's like, what if this is the reason destiny brought us together? Nenica said, I have the power to change the cycle of hatred and I want to, to be the balance between Kings and mages and to align the continent instead of constantly pitting parts against each other, because I am sick and tired of destruction and loss. Um, and she says it very emotionally. I think it's yeah. actually a really good bit of acting by Freya Allen. Yeah, I like that for quite a bit. Yeah, and like her, like she 100% means well, um, but like then going forward, just things, you know, start happening that really sort of try these convictions of hers and and basically present a much more um, complex and nuanced picture of how the world is. And, um, And that's kind of, that's kind of what Sapkowski's whole thing is, you know, with these, it's a complex, 
you know, um, world with all sorts of, you know, there's no right or wrong, all sorts of different moralities and senses of, of, you know, um, what matters and, you know, um, what, you know, how to go through what you, how you should live your life. And, you know, you get all sorts of people's philosophies in the, in the, in these books. And I think the show is trying to kind of bring a bit of that the way that they're able to. Um, and I think it largely works here. Because like, you know, this is like everything she says. And then immediately, immediately afterwards, you know, right after this is when Rianne shows up and then um, and they have to deal with him. And then as he's attacking them with his men, then the Scoia'tael show up um, and um, and suddenly, yeah, like here you have this fight between humans, elves and dwarves. And, you know, after after. Um, Siri just had finished talking about wanting to bring everyone together. So, yeah. you know, and that's just kind of it is it's like, you know, yeah, you, you might, um, you mean, well, you, your, your heart is absolutely in the right place, but this world doesn't work like that. And, yeah. Um, I just thought it was an interesting thing. And I, I'm not necessarily picking on the writing as so much as a picking on Siri, but yeah, like, especially but compared to the writing of season two, where you have Francesca saying something similar to Ian, like, oh, you're a part elf. Do you know our songs, our stories? So I just thought that was an interesting take having previous, you know, conversations that they've had in the show. Yeah. Similar well, stuff. Well, speaking of, and we'll talk about a lot, all, you know, some of the different things that happen here, but we do get a reunion between a quick reunion between uh, Francesca and, yeah. and Yen. Um, some people were disappointed with this, that Yen defeats Francesca so easily. I just thought Francesca, frankly, didn't know what Yen's powers were because she had yeah. none when they saw when they met previously. Um, and Yen is pretty powerful. So yeah. um, and we also get a little reunion between Siri and Dara. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with that. I'm hoping that yeah. gets paid off in volume two um, because like, I don't know, I just expected a little bit more from that. He kind of like you, you clear they it's called they see each other, they react, but then he immediately starts coming towards her. And then they're I think that's when the, the dwarves attack or something like that. Yeah. So they never he never actually gets to her. But it felt like he was basically going to go and fucking attacker you know yeah. to me um which you know a little it's a little disappointing if that's <laughs> what was going to happen there um yeah um <laughs> yeah you get a you're right you do get a few different reunions here um you get some you get an amazing you know just overall battle sequence with some yeah the battle is you know, very cool yeah yeah you know you get to see um first of all Geralt chases after Rianne's goes mm -hmm. through this portal, which Yen has to keep open while this battle is kind of raging around her. Um, you know, Geralt, you know, has, has to deal with Rience and his fire magic. Um, you know, did um like like I did see someone wondering why Geralt didn't kill Rience, which I think that was what he was there to do, but I just don't think he could have at that. Like I think he knew that there was trouble back, he needed to get back, and um he didn't have a sword, so he did what he could, which was fuck fuck up Rience's hands, you know, and then um, jump back through the portal so he could help um, Siri and, and Yen. And so I think like, like he fully intended to kill Rience. He just, he didn't have the means to do it right then. Um, and he did what he could have. I mean, yeah, maybe he could have looked for a sword and, and, and killed him. Maybe that would have been the wise thing to do, but I think he was being, um, you know, um, um, driven more by his feelings and emotions at that point towards Yen and towards Siri than actually thinking logically. <laughs> um, and honestly, 
wouldn't really make a difference because Rians isn't the real problem. You know, <laughs> he's just the lapdog. Um, but um, but yeah, you get some great fighting with Geralt. You get the, you know, you get to see him use some more signs. Yeah, an ard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in this battle, um, some really cool shots. Um, you know, we we see Yasker is helping the the dwarves who have been injured. Um, a lot of elves get killed. Um, you know, I think all of Rians's men get killed. And um, fortunately, our, our, our hero survived, although Yasker thought he was shot. <laughs> yeah, it's like they play it up. You think he's shot with the way that yeah. arrow goes into the loot. I was like, would you notice if you were? I don't know. Yeah, I knew he, I'm like, no, like, like I didn't realize he yeah. hit the loot, but I'm like, yeah. it's not a fatal blow. No way right, yeah. Yasker going down. I was legit surprised when Geralt killed Gage, um, you know, just because I... Um, I don't know. I, I guess Gage wasn't that major of a character, but he was a recurring yeah. character. So and... I was not surprised yeah. because I thought they were set. He was like kind of being the voice of reason against his sister. And he was kind of being that person that's like, hey, maybe we should think about this. And I'm like, oh, you're going to go away. So she's going to spiral some more. And when he mm. got killed, I was like, yep, there we go. There he is. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about it narratively, but um, yeah, I don't, I think I was more, I, I don't think I would have been like him dying in the battle. is not what yeah. surprised me. It was the fact that Geralt did it, mm -hmm. but like Gage had gotten Siri. So he did it yeah. for Siri. Um, and well, it's, it's like, like Geralt knows who he is, you know? No, 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 he doesn't. But you know, you do wonder, does, does Francesca now have a real mad on for Geralt? Although I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's where they're going for it. I do think what it is is it's a it's a nod to something in the books, which we'll talk to in our in our off the path section. Um, but um, but yeah, it ends with this this you know um, this battle, which a lot of dwarves or sorry, a lot of elves get killed in. Um, I think some dwarves probably lose their lives as well. We don't really see that, but it does bring a new respect between Yarpin and. Yaskir. Yeah. So, so Yarskir. Yapin. <laughs> Yapin, yeah. Like, you know, maybe, maybe there is a path for that to actually be a thing. <laughs> you know, one other thing that was interesting too. So the All reason you that, writers. <laughs> yeah. The reason that Francesca, like, she kind of uh lied to um mm -hmm. I, I'm never gonna learn this character's name, Robbie Amel. Mm -hmm. And just like well, Gallatin. Was Gallatin. Okay. Yeah. She lied to Gallatin. And basically was like, yeah, we're all going to go attack this caravan together. But she had actually found out through the half elf that was mistreated by his employer earlier. Yeah. That Siri was good. That's who they were going to find. So she kind of is playing him and like, oh, yeah, we're totally all going to work together. And then she's just there to get Siri when yeah. the rest of them thought they were there to attack a caravan and get supplies. Yeah. So like not only did she get her brother killed, but she got a bunch of other people killed through, you know, deceit, essentially. Yeah. 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 Um. I don't have actually too much else to really discuss. Um, we get we end with like um, sequences where we kind of just set up the different groups, you know, um, going forward. I guess well, there's an important. Well, go on. Yeskir has the line. If I die, promise me Valdo Marks will not play at my oh, funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does say that. <laughs> um, but um, but there was. Um, yeah. No, Yaskir, I think, kind of has the most important bit yeah. at the end of this. And basically he tells. Um, Philippa and um, Radovid that he would um, he'll he'll get Siri to come to um, Redania if they deal with Rience and um, 
you know, and, and, he, and Radovid calls Philip a pip, which yeah. made me laugh. And did you <laughs> notice that? So Yaskier is basically asking them to get rid of Rianz. He's explaining who Rianz is. And mm. they do a close up of him, like rubbing yeah. his fingers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that had been burnt by Rianz. I'm like, oh, yeah. that was nice. That was a great little bit of acting. And there is a bit like you do get the sense that Yaskier has some real trauma that he's dealing with in this episode as it surrounds Rianz especially. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, someone should tell him this is a different type of reance. This reance <laughs> is not as scary. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally cool. <laughs> um, we also, we do finally at the very end get to see um, the emperor of Nilfgaard, Amir. Um, yeah, well, there's. Before we get to Dooney, there's a final dear friend letter that Geralt writes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think he leaves Siri. Is that's the little right. wolf medallion something Geralt left her? It must like have she been. opens up a little, she's got like a little medallion that's got a wolf on it. I see. Either he left that or she brought it from Kaer Morin or something. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, that's a good, good and question. And then like he writes a letter to Yennefer. Yeah. 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 That is, you're right. That is. And that's where he, he talks about that. That's where they finish that conversation. Or, well, not finish the conversation. Yeah. I think it goes on throughout the season, but um, they finish for this episode discussion earlier. And yeah. Well, that like, you know, reason he left, she thought in the morning, she thought he was yeah. afraid. And he's like, he's like, maybe I was like, but now I know what real fear is. And, you know, it's never seeing you two again. And and so. Um, so, yeah, like he, you know, he does promise. Uh, he'll. Yeah. And we also didn't talk about their parting. They decided to decide to part. And there's a moment where you think Jennifer and Gerald are going to kiss. But then, they yeah, he's like, I promise don't. to think of you. And then like, <laughs> like, OK. They sure. don't. She's gonna yeah. take. She's gonna take Siri to Eratusa. He's going off to find Rience. Is basically yeah. what they're doing, and um, and then yeah, and then Amir. <laughs> uh, remember, remember my rule of threes, where I was talking about modern printing in this episode. Uh-huh. So he's burning these portraits that are so clearly photos that were just printed on canvas, <laughs> like except for the little baby picture of Siri, which is actually a painting. Like the other ones, it's Pavetta and like him is Dooney, and it's just like these are. Clearly, still photos that were just printed. I didn't really look. Jet. I didn't really look that close. I think this yeah. is this is you. This is the your graphic designer. Episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming. I was coming just out. like, guys. You I mean, I'm get sure an oil painting. Like he couldn't slap a filter or two on it. Like I'm sure other people noticed that that, but I did not. Yeah. Uh, I was focused on that last painting, which is also clearly a nod to that the game. In the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of Siri as a little girl. Amir <laughs> uh, still looking hot, by the way. I know, he's looking probably more hot. He's this, like they aged him up a little bit. They gave him yeah. a little bit of gray. And he's, yeah, he's, he's got getting it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's looking. He, I think he's very attractive this season. Honestly, I'm liking Hot Amir. I'm not gonna lie. I like <laughs> hot it's a fun time. I like he's not a crotchety old man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I thought I thought this was a a really good first episode i mean i've heard some people say it's the best of the five i actually don't agree with that i think it's one of the weakest of the five myself which is not to say it's a bad episode i just think the other four are even better um you know this one does have to fit a lot into it i mean that that's going to always be kind of uh um unfortunately a, a variation on the theme here with um witcher just because they have to fit these things into eight episodes but i think this one balances it decently well like it you know it feels like a lot but it doesn't feel like what we were talking about with blood origin where it's like oh i don't get enough of this person or i don't get enough of it like i don't i don't you know like it just all feels so rushed and rushed and arbitrary i don't feel like that's the case here so um so i think it's a it's a great first start for season three 
Um, any more thoughts for you about? I really this? liked it. I thought it was huh? super fun. Like I, a great start as well. I had yeah. a great time watching it and I definitely shrieked a couple times at my computer. So <laughs> let me talk a little bit. First of all, let me start a little bit by talking about um, this, um, this whiskey and what we're doing. Cause it, like I did promise like it has a interesting story that goes along with it and it does. Um, so one thing we, um, we talked about is, um, yeah, this is the second um, bottle that we've drank on our Whiskey with Witcher podcast that was presented directly to us for the podcast. Um, it is a signed bottle. It just says, you know, to Whiskey with Witcher, Best Witches, Clyde May II, um, who, um, who was, like I, I mentioned what he was earlier, he's the um, national brand ambassador for the company. So he gave us this bottle. We will be posting photos of it on our Instagram, Twitter, and in our Discord, so you can see it there. Um, and, um, and he also gave us some stuff to kind of um, go along with it, including like this little history of, um, of Clyde May, which a lot of this information comes from. But um, as for the whiskey, Clyde May's original Alabama-style whiskey comes from, oh God, I'm gonna have to drink because I'm probably gonna mispronounce it, and people who are listening in this area will know that I'm mispronouncing it. I'll drink Konica, yeah, Konica Ridge Distillery. I'm guessing that's it, but I'll drink in case it's wrong. Cheers. Mm -hmm. It's aged for four years in oak barrels, is 85 proof, and is reported to have a mash bill of 55% corn, 30% rye, and 15% barley, though Clyde Mays has never officially released the bill. Um, along with their Alabama-style whiskey, Clyde Mays also makes a straight bourbon, straight rye, a special reserve bourbon and cast strength limited releases of both their Alabama style whiskey and their bourbon. Now, Clyde May, for people who don't know that name, he lived from 1922 through 1990 and lived with his family in a small rural community known as Rabbit Road in Union Springs, Alabama. He had a big family, eight children, and options for work in such a rural town were limited. He worked as a farmer, but it wasn't enough, so he began distilling moonshine in secret starting in 1946 as a way of supplementing his income. To do this, he designed a new type of copper still that's now known as a Clyde 240. Now, Clyde May was known for moonshine, but he did experiment with aging his shine in a charred oak barrel, adding a hint of oven-baked apple slices at the end of the aging process. This was the recipe that became what's known today as his Alabama-style whiskey. Um, but that's not all. Some more interesting facts. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that for his entire life and career, Clyde May's moonshine business was illegal. In 1972, he was arrested for possessing a moonshine, a moonshine, a moonshine still and 25 gallons of untaxed moonshine. He was found guilty and sentenced to 24 months in federal prison. Clyde served eight months and was released for good behavior. And those were the only eight months from 1946 to 1990 that Clyde wasn't making moonshine of some sort. After Clyde's death, his business was continued by his family, notably by his youngest son, Billy, the father of Lewis Clyde May, who gave us his bottle. In 2001, one of his other sons, Kenny May, started legally distilling his father's original recipe, which was now known as Alabama-style whiskey. Three years later, in 2004, Legislation was passed making Clyde May's Alabama-style whiskey the official state spirit of Alabama. This was the first time that a spirit had been named the official beverage of a state. But here's the crazy thing. While it was made the official state spirit of Alabama, you couldn't actually distill the whiskey in Alabama. It wasn't until 2015, 
not even 10 years ago, Valerie, that Alabama first began allowing distillers to legally make spirits in the state. Prior to then, Clyde Mays whiskeys were all distilled outside the state. The bottle we have says it was distilled in Indiana. However, that will soon change. A new Conica Ridge distillery, where they'll eventually distill, age, and bottle their whiskey, is being built in Troy, Alabama, 30 minutes away from where Clyde originally made his moonshine. Um, I find that really, really ridiculous and interesting <laughs> and just crazy that, like, you know, they're like, oh, this is our state drink, but we can't make can't it. Drink. It's illegal. Yeah. It's illegal to make it in the state. <laughs> and just the fact that, like, even, you know, even so, like, past, well past the year 2000 into the, the, the 21st century, there were still a lot of people illegally distilling moonshine in Alabama because you couldn't legally distill out there. That's like, and people being arrested for it. Um, that's, that's, that just feels like, like, it's like, wow, I didn't realize that was so recent. <laughs> and like well past uh, when moonshine was actually being bottled or jarred and available yeah. in stores. Yeah, sold. Um, yeah, no. And so um, I guess, I guess like, you know, just to get into it, because I don't want to drag this on too long since Valerie can't participate. Um, yeah, I'm so you definitely obviously get the apple in this. Like, I think it's very clear. I also am getting cinnamon and kind of like almonds or you know, I want to say hazelnuts, but honestly, I don't really know what hazelnuts smell like. But um, <laughs> but I think like, you know, I think this maybe smells like hazelnuts. I'm definitely getting nuttiness, um, you know, from this as well as sort of, um, you know, that fruitiness, that kind of baked apple, which is very much there. Um, yeah, it is definitely. Here. Yeah, it's definitely fruitier. Um, I can say, Valerie, you would say this one is sweet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and it's sweeter it's, than uh, I normally like. Uh, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's really well balanced and it's really good. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, uh, walnuts actually, cause I was getting walnuts, the nuttiness yeah. also like definitely the apple is, is very forward there. Yeah. Uh, and I was not surprised when you were reading off the mash build cause it has a yeah. very like grainy finish. Mm. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's lighter. So it's like, it's, it's funny because it's like on one hand, you know, Valerie said it's raining where she's at. It's, you know. It's like definitely not raining out here in California. Like we're, <laughs> I think we're approaching the nineties today. And, um, and yet I feel like it works in both environments because there's a warmth to it, but, um, you know, like that fruitiness, like, yeah, you can't help, but think not that this tastes like apple pie, but you can't help, but think of apple pie when you think of baked apples. Um, and, and, and that's kind of a coziness, but then it's also kind of light and fruity. So it also seems to go well on a hot day. So I think, um, I think this can work, you know, either way. Um, and it's interesting, you know, because, yeah, Alabama whiskey is not something that's that common. And um, and certainly we've not had one. And just having I'm glad this was the one we um, we, we got hold of the, the Alabama style whiskey just to try something a little bit different, even if it is very sort of, um, you know, bourbon is its base. Like if you're a bourbon drinker, um, you know, you, you probably would enjoy this. So. Yeah, it's interesting. They could call it a bourbon and they decided not to. No, no, they make a bourbon. Um, like, I think I think they actually do add, you know, apple. I don't know if they add apple juice or there is essence of that. Like, you know, they apples enter the process at some point. And um, and can it still be a bourbon if they do that? Like uh, if it's 51 percent it, corn. 
But we're not going to cut this out. I want to hear Valerie's thoughts on this <laughs> Seagram so you're drinking. I, I'm gonna be real so, guys. Valerie, it's time for the most important question of the podcast. <laughs> I I did not do a deep dive on Seagram 7. I instead That's fine. my parents' brain and I was like, so tell me the story of this. And they're like, well, uh, I think my mother's parents bought no my my dad's parents somebody's parents bought a bunch of alcohol for the wedding because he bought the uh, alcohol you know which he still do today but they bought yeah. all the alcohol yeah. for the drinks and this was one of them yeah you and don't usually get the, the most expensive uh, alcohol either you seven know? <laughs> and sevens were like very popular in the 70s with oh. my parents so they were explaining seven up and whiskey was like a seven and seven and that yeah. was like the hot drink that everybody did with <laughs> was it because it was a 70s seven and seven i think 70 <laughs> seagram seven and like seven up so it was a seven and seven uh, but that that's what a lot tim of drink <laughs> what? Why is that drink worthy? <laughs> so that was a big hot drink in the 70s. Drank. So anyway, this is leftover. Neither of my parents are hard liquor people. This is leftover. They have a few other bottles of other things, but uh, this is this is what they had. <laughs> so every 50 years, they're like, eh, should we get another bottle? Yeah, right. They are to amaretto. That's, like, that, that's not exactly a hard, yeah, okay. you know. So we're going to try it. Mm. You getting it's actually... Very watery. <laughs> it still has like the kick on the back end, but the flavor is very anemic. Like you're getting, it's very, very. You're getting, you're getting any apple or cinnamon on the palate. I'm not there, getting <laughs> any. I'm getting like pure alcohol because that's all that's left that hasn't evaporated out of this 48 year old bottle. But um, yeah, the flavor. There's not much flavor. I will say it's not super, you know, present. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. so that's that's not one you would recommend our listeners. Oldest whiskey out. we've had on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been uh, aging. No, been not aged, age, but it's the oldest bottle for sure. Yeah. So uh, no, I would not recommend it. Maybe I'll get some seven up and make myself a seven and seven later. <laughs> seven, but you should do that. Yeah, this bottle has definitely been through some shit because it's it, its label is old. Old and peeling off and it looks how, it looks like a prop bottle how much does. how much is in there i can't tell from... um a half a bottle oh my god yeah yeah there's, still and there's a big seven on the back of it but um yeah <laughs> wow so, seagram seven you, from 1975 eventually, eventually hopefully many 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 years from now nowhere no time soon but many many years from now <laughs> you may inherit that bottle yeah i think this is the let the whiskey <laughs> I love that. Uh, like the most I've ever spent on a bottle was a hundred and I don't know fifty, sixty ish uh, for an eighteen-year-old Highland Park, mm. uh, mm-hmm. and for that forty-eight-year-old Seagrams, I'd give you about fifteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I honestly, I would if if. If if you if Sean was with you right now, Valerie, I would take that fifteen bucks. <laughs> Give it to my parents. Like, are you ever gonna? Are you or your parents ever gonna drink that? Thing I don't again? think so. It lives above the fridge. I had to get on a stepladder and then get a yardstick <laughs> so I could get it down because I couldn't reach it with just the stepladder. I then had to finagle a yardstick to like move the bottle forward enough so I could grab it. So that's where we're at, guys. Anyway, let's talk like about other Like you were like things. nine trying to steal your parents' yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did they did they have the did they have the 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 level of the alcohol marked on the side of the bottle like my no. mom used to do when we no. were teenagers? <laughs> no. She probably still has some things in the back of her bar with it marked. I I was not the cool sophisticated lady you see before you today when I was a teenager. I would not have gone for hard it, like I was stuff. Just saying, when I, like was, cool. I would have gone for like 
a Smirnoff yeah. Ice or a yeah. Sky Blue was my jam when I was oh. underage. Well, the next segment is the Care Moron. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for those of you who are new, Care Moron is basically our choice for the character in the episode who made unwise decisions that lead to unfortunate consequences for themselves, or is just an overall imbecile. Um, <laughs> and this one was a trickier one. Like I, I actually, you know, struggled with this one a bit, or I had to think about it more. Um, I'm honestly starting to get the sense, so maybe you and I have the same one. Though. I, I don't think we do. That. You I don't, don't think, think we so? do, based on something you said earlier. <laughs> okay. Who's going to drink? I'll, I'll um, go first. Okay. I'll go first. So mine was Geralt. Oh, okay. And no, yeah, mine is different. Geralt because I, you might have noticed, Tim, I was suspiciously silent when you were talking about Geralt and Rience and how some people thought he should have killed Rience, but I'm mm. not sure. Yeah, I'm some people. Yeah. I'm like, my guy, if you yeah. have time to break his hands, you have time to snap his neck. What are you doing? You I, don't need I, a sword for that shit. You could have very yeah. easily c- taken care of this problem. I get that he was like, oh no, something's happening back on the other side of the portal. But like, don't eat your sword at the guy. And then like, oh, I don't know what to do. You could have just snapped his neck. You have witcher strength. It would have worked. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my, that's my care moron. That's true. I mean, that's, I can't argue with that. I just feel like he was reacting passionately. I guess he's, you know, I can't say that's not a stupid yeah. um, um, thing, but I think his his actions were understandable. Whereas, I mean, breaking his hands was badass. Like, it was yeah. a badass move. But yeah. yeah, if you have time to break both of his hands, you can but like, I just don't think grip you around think, the neck and go. I don't think you think logically when people you yeah. love are being threatened. But like, um, and I think that's what was going on there. That says, I, that said, I don't think that like he still he could still totally be a care moron for doing that. Um that makes sense. Like mine is see mine is not someone who I think was was at, like acting in a way that made sense to me or that I could understand. And I thought maybe you picked the same person because you seem to be somewhat critical of her as well. She but, was my backup. But do you think who do you think I'm going to say? I think I'm going to say <laughs> Philippa. No, not oh, Philippa. Oh, never mind. Philippa? Why would Philippa Both of you yeah. drink. Uh, or not Philippa, excuse me. I'm confusing oh. my sorceresses because, again, 48-year-old whiskey. Uh, uh, Francesca. Yes, Francesca. Francesca is who I met. I was confusing my sorceresses. <laughs> um, you know, you should drink, but <laughs> you've been uh, drinking. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Francesca. 100% Francesca. Like, that's she, who I meant. <laughs> she was, uh, um, she was, she's. Basically, like, I like Francesca. She should be a smarter character than this. Um, And, like, I'm not even faulting her for wanting um, to get her hands on Siri. Like, I I understand where she's coming from there. I mean, we don't really... That's why I said the elf story is not as fleshed out. Like, when last we saw them, there was Istrid. Now Istrid is gone. All we get is a reference that he he left suddenly afterwards. but like, you know, they were going to kill him. So I'm surprised they just let him peace out, you know? <laughs> um, but um, so like, yeah, like that was not that fleshed out. But like, okay, you know, he convinced her of Siri. She wants Siri. I get that. Still, you can't be like deceiving your own guys. Like, you know, I'm obviously not a military strategist. That is yeah. not what we do. But I do know that, you know, like anyone who knows any thing about you know who's ever known anyone who's served um or anyone certainly anyone who has served or even like just watched movies or read books about you know the military knows that like 
you know, you got to be in lockstep with your with your crew, you know, your your squad, your platoon, your, you know, the army has to all be in sync. You can't be at odds with each other. Communication is key. Communication is essential. And often like what you're the 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 enemy armies are trying to do is disrupt that communication so that, you know, you don't get the information you need. So basically you can't be fucking lying to your, you know, your, your commanders and say, <laughs> Oh, Hey, we're going to go and, you know, um, get this caravan when really what you're after is Siri. And, yeah. and then you get there and then you're like the two, um, the two groups have different goals and they work out and that's why they fucking lost. And yeah. that's why she lost her brother as a result of it. It was like, you know, she went about it totally, totally the wrong way. And, um, and I think it ends up costing, um, her dearly. It costs, um, you know, her the life of her brother and she's clearly lost Gallatin at this point. And, um, and we see, you know, what he does in future episodes. So, you know, yeah, I think she, it like, it's, it's not as, it was not as clear cut. And I actually think your Geralt, um, one is probably going to be one that people rally behind a bit more, but I don't know. I felt like Francesca made a, like to me, was, it was like, she made a calculated bad decision. Yeah. She was my backup. So yeah. 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 You did seem pretty critical of her too. When we were yeah, talking about Yeah. She made some dumb choices. Yeah. Which is a shame. Cause I like Francesca. Yeah. All right. So our next section um, is, and we haven't done this one in a little while. Um, it's called Off the Path. And basically what we do in Off the Path is we talk about variations from the source material. As The Witcher has gone on, um, they've kind of, <laughs> those variations have gotten bigger and bigger. So um, this section has evolved a little bit. Um, so I think what we're going to do probably for most of season three is look at aspects of season three that overlap with the books and explain how um, how they're different in one compared to the other. And for this episode, which is called Sherwed, the thing that made the most sense was to talk about the Sherwed sequence in the books, which interestingly enough, um, another similarity, this episode one has to do with season two. Episode one is um, where season two is largely an adaptation of Blood of Elves. Um, its first episode was a callback to a story in the very first book, The Last Wish, we are doing that again now. Um, this ep this season is largely an adaptation of the Time of Contempt, but we the are coming back. We are going back to season, season to to Blood of Elves, uh, the first of the five Witcher novels that comprise the core saga. Um, the Sherwood scene is like a crucial scene in the books, and it's a crucial scene here too. The main theme is the same. They're both about neutrality, and as we discussed. Um, when we're talking about Geralt and Ciri, um, about how it's, you know, the world may make it impossible to um, to both be idealistic and to be truly neutral. Um, one of the biggest differences between the book and the, the Netflix scene is there is no Yennefer in the book. Instead, we get Ciri and, um, and, you know, Ciri, or we get, no, sorry, we get Ciri, but we also get Triss. That's what I would have to say. Um, instead, we get but Triss. But not Dudu. We don't well, get Dudu. We do. Dudu of a different <laughs> We get a different type of Dudu. Because this is the much alluded to in our podcast, Triss in the Caravan with epic diarrhea. Oh. Yes. Yes. Now, this yep. is at the end of that sequence. Like, she's, she's kind of gotten, she's getting better. She's still sick, um, but she's getting better. But this is, yeah, that's 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 why they originally 
um, Geralt and Siri joined the caravan. They were traveling with Triss from Kermoran, from where, you know, tr when Triss joined them up at Kermoran, and you saw that in season two of the series, they go directly um, from Kermoran down and they're traveling together. And that's when, when Triss gets sick. And they join this caravan um, because, um, because she's sick and she can't ride on a horse. Um, Yarpin, who they, they know and they're friends with Yarpin, has, um, has some wagons, so she rides at the back of one of them. And Yarpin says, you don't refuse help to help people when you're, you're out on the trail. So, so they get help from these dwarves who are working, like they allude to in the episode um, here, they're working for this king. I think it's, his name is Henselt, I believe. I didn't write that down. Um, but they're working for the king, and, um, and you know, they're carrying stuff for his, his guards or his army, and um, they won't say what it is. It's all top secret. Um, so we have that. There's also no Reance. Um, Reance is, is completely added by the Netflix series, or the Netflix series. Basically, um, the key point here, and it's something that um, that the story makes clear that I don't feel like the episode makes very clear. And if those of you who have not been read the books or are just watching the series, you know, and, and unless you're deep diving into lore, may not know um, the elves. Elves live a very long time, um, but it's only young elves that can have children. And so when um, Aileren, um basically rallied all the young elves to fight for her um and they all fought in this noble battle that were where where all of them died like almost all of the young elves in existence at that time that really did almost you know doom the elves in general that was like a huge 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 setback and the elves were forever um um you know damaged and 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 basically you know just kind of clinging, hanging on as like a race of, of living beings after that. Um, now, many, many years later, the few younger elves that existed had, were able to, you know, have children, have families, those, those kids had. So over time, the elves kind of replenished themselves. Um, but like, you know, Geralt's whole point is um, we can't have another Sherwood. We can't have another battle where we doom a race for, to destruction. We can't ever do that again. Um, and so um, neutrality is in, in letting people live and, 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 and let live is kind of, you know, it, it's crucial for that reason. And he kind of talks Siri through this. It's just him and Siri and Sherwood in the book. He talks him th her through this. He tells her the whole story. She comes to understand she takes a rose from the garden with her to, as a, a way to remember. Um, but unfortunately, while they're there, their caravan is attacked by, um, by Scoia'tael, and the Scoia'tael um, pretty much annihilate almost all of them. Um, there's this big battle. Um, they get back to protect Triss, who is still sick and not really able to fight herself. Um, Geralt and Ciri get involved, um, and I think in a nod to kind of Gage getting killed, or basically, Gage and getting killed in the episode was a nod to this. Um, there is a moment where Siri is almost killed by a female elf who's about ready to strike her down, but then notices the white rose and hesitates. And at that moment, Geralt rides up and, and kills the elf. So he, he, you know, he kills and he's forced to take a side to save the people he loves. Um, and, you know, again, it gets to the fact that, you know, um, these, these ideals are great, 
but you know the world doesn't always let you hold on to them and um and so you know at the end of this um siri kind of takes the rose um or i think Geralt takes it from her and and puts it on the the um the elf that he had killed and then like i think the other thing you find out further complicating things is that um a lot of the yarpin's crew die die in the process and the whole thing they weren't even actually carrying anything valuable they were just carrying rocks the whole thing was a trap to find out whether yarpin was actually working with the Scoyatel. he wasn't they 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 do find out that you know he's loyal but at the cost of about half of his men um basically quite possibly because i don't know if we see yarpin after this in the books quite possibly driving him to become a Scoyatel himself we don't i don't know if that happens um but it certainly seems like he's questioning his ideals at the end when he sees that you know these men that he was helping um because he thought the Scoyatel were 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 you know doing things wrong um were responsible for his men getting killed because they didn't trust him when he was not doing anything so it's it's a really, really um, one of the more kind of powerful segments in the book, and it's one that's worth reading. So, um, and very, very quite different than what we see here. But I do think this episode tries to touch on a lot of the same themes in the way that they can. It, we were never going to quite get the scene. It'd be good if we could have um, in a different show where you had more room to breathe. Maybe you could do these sort of moments, but um, I don't know that we could on this one. It's our hmm count. How yeah. many hmms are in the episode? Now, this is yeah. a controversial one because we both watched it, and I feel that there were four that were actually subtitled, mm-hmm. but there were two more that I felt counted as hmms. So my See, grand total... Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, I found, I heard a few grunts and stuff that yeah, I'm like, I don't think that's a hmm. It's, it's a, but, well, my grand total is six, so that's okay. how many I have. It's a very contentious number. I mean, I don't know that's contentious. I'm letting you... I'm, I'm going <laughs> with your number because... Um, because I there, I didn't I counted I counted when I was watching the episode pretty late last night and um and I was also taking all my notes and usually I try to watch it one more time before we record but we just didn't have a chance and that the last time that's last time that's one of the things I do is yeah, I double check my double check. count yeah there were yeah there were two that I was like well I don't know it doesn't he's not it's not saying hmm in the subtitle sometimes but it seems they like, don't. Yeah. Some yeah, sometimes it's like, and you're like, I think that's a hmm and not a grunt, but <laughs> see, I would call that a grunt, but uh, I don't know. We'll let yeah. all right. The hmm is in the eye of the beholder. We'll try to be, we'll try to be, we'll try to be more simpatico with our hmms going forward. Oh. This time, I'm letting Valerie call it and say that it's it's six. So We're gonna go with six. The count of hmms for this first episode is six. Six. And that brings us to Crossroads of Destiny, which this is um. Our, our segment where we talk about things in the future of the Witcher franchise. We've talked about like our wishes, desires, and spec um, for future seasons. We've also sometimes reacted to things, marketing things dropped for future seasons. Right now, because we have not seen, um, seen um, volume two yet, if you're listening to this after volume two has dropped, um, we've not seen it yet. We are going to talk about the teaser that is at the very, very end of volume um, one. So on the off chance that you're not even through all of volume one, you're not even through the first five episodes, you might want to stop the podcast now because <laughs> we're going to talk about basically things that happen in the in episode five um, because that's what this teaser is By about. By the way, this teaser this. is hard to find. So yeah. normally when there's a teaser, it's just like at the end of the same episode. 
You have to let the episode play in its entirety, like finish up, and then it will autoplay to the teaser. Yeah, yeah. I could not find it for the life of me. And then I'm surprised. Our, our pod, friend of the podcast, Maya, pointed it out to me. And I was like, wait, the what now? Yeah. Well, I've worked in marketing for a while, and the big thing is to like really make people work to find your <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why this thing isn't out on YouTube, mm. honestly. Like, yeah. like I remember um, season two ended with a little teaser for Blood Origin, and they put that thing right up on YouTube right away, you know? Yeah. I don't know why they, they they made this one so tricky to find. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, strange, I don't know. Um, maybe you don't want a volume two teaser dropping the day volume one drops. Like, right. that might make sense, I guess, but um, it is a little, a little surprising. Um, but, you know, it's it's out. Like, if you guys um, don't know how to find it, just like watch the final episode of Volume 1 and let the credits roll and all the way yeah. to the end. All, all the way. way. To and then pass let it autoplay. Pass yeah. all the dubbing and all that stuff like that at the end of Netflix. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's how you officially can, can, can get it to play. Um, or you can search social media <laughs> and, <laughs> and you might find it in, in non-authentic. Yeah. Non um, <laughs> or official, <laughs> official non-official channels. Um, but anyhow, let's talk about this thing, Valerie. It's not too long. Like what? Like no. 40, it's like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, maybe. I oh don't know. God, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah it's not even a minute. Um, it's um, 58 seconds, 58 seconds. Just looked okay. it up. Yeah. And, um, and largely, yeah, presumably these are all from the remaining three episodes. Um, we see, what I'm pretty sure is um, stuff that happens after the the cliffhanger in episode five. So basically, this coup that's going on at 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 um, we get enough of that that I think it's going to be really fucking bloody, Valerie. Yeah, it looks like it's like like seriously bloody, like like you know horror movie level bloody. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I'm getting from like the quick little glimpses. Like those those mages look fucked up <laughs> like we only get them for like a split second but they look pretty jacked up um like that was the one that one thing that stood out to me was just like oh my god this 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 coup they're not they're not fucking around with this yeah um who is that that's shooting electricity out the top do you think that's yen or is that maybe to say i feel like that's to say yeah i think maybe i get the vibe that that's to say yeah hmm. your girl's to say yeah that's kind of <laughs> what i thought two um and we get a lot of uh Geralt in a big battle yeah yeah now i think that's the the standoff you know what i'm not going to reveal who who the big bad is even though they kind of set it up at the end of the episode but we don't need to but i think that's the standoff with him you know yes um like that um that that's that that's what's leading up to which is a pivotal scene for Geralt um and i suspect that happens in episode six and I think um, episode seven and eight will probably be the, ram the, the ramifications of that. Although, who knows? Who knows what they're doing? <laughs> I, I thought we would get to this at, in episode five and we didn't get to it there. So, um, yeah, but that's that that looks like who he's about to confront um, when he says I, he says something like, I will not join your fight or I will not. Yeah, pick, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, and I think that's who he's talking to. Um, so Siri we get that. in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew. If you've read the books, you know um, what that's about. Um, that unicorn. Unicorn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is good. I thought villain Trenton Mirth was something, Valerie. Oh, but this yeah. unicorn. It, 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 it,
horror quacks. I want to hear him say it out loud. Here's the yeah. thing. No one's going to actually say this fucking thing's name um, this season because Siri, Siri doesn't find, unless they, unless they change it, but Siri doesn't actually find out this unicorn's name until a later book, right? Like, isn't it the one you just finished? I think finished? so. And yeah, not the, the one I just swallow? finished, the one before. Oh, right, but oh, here's God. the thing. We're all going to yeah. drink because that name is such a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to have to talk about this, Sean. We can't yeah. drink every time we talk about our water cracks. <laughs> That's why we're doing it now. I'm doing you a favor, fella. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call it Iquax. That's my, my shortened name for this, this unicorn. Or we could call oh, it. Oh, that apple duck? Yeah. <laughs> Iquax. Or I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, there's, a, there's a unicorn, there's a desert, there's some crazy fire. Yeah. Um, and we're trying not to, because, like, obviously we've read the book, so Tim and I don't want to say too much, you know, to spoil things for people who haven't. But it looks cool. I'm very excited. Yeah, we get a glimpse of um, what looks like Siri fighting in the pub, which I think yeah. is is likely, I got to guess, is maybe right before we're introduced to the rats or what rats we're getting. Like, we are introduced to one rat in one of these, a future episode, which we'll yeah. get to um but um but we know they're coming um we've talked about you know there there's a spinoff in production right now mm -hmm. um based around these characters um so they're coming i think that the fact that she's fighting in a pub what looks yeah. clearly like a pub makes me think that's gotta possibly be where she meets them um i you know my prediction well well you know what i'll get to that later <laughs> um but um but yeah, so we got we also get a Yaskir Yennefer hug. <laughs> yes, oh, my Yaskir love. Yeah, we get that. Um, and um, and then yeah, a couple things. I don't know what those weird rune-like things are that it looks like Siri is is looking at. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. There's this quick glimpse of yeah, like, she's like the, runes on a wall or something. Yeah, I don't know what the hell those are, or where those are. I don't know if it's like a vision, you know. And then like it seems like. There's a lot of debate online about who these bloody eyes belong to yeah. near the end. Um, what's your do you do you have a thought? Any I mean, people on? have said Siri, people have said like Falca. I know that Falca's been cast. Oh, so really? I feel like perhaps this is a flashback. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I didn't think about it. so she was cast for season three. I don't know which season. I mean, it might be one of those things where she's in it for two seconds, like Philippa, you know? Yeah, but but that does make me wonder because I wasn't thinking in terms of flashbacks with any of this. I thought it looked most like Yennefer, honestly, like that. Like I thought, all right, so I'll tell you my original thought was I thought maybe it was Tissaia. And then, um, and then, but then like at the very end that you kind of, the, the face moves slightly and you kind of get a sense and yeah. it looked like, more to me like Yen's face shape. It did, definitely yeah. didn't look like Siri to me. I don't. I don't think it's Siri. Um, but um, but you know, I mean, I don't know. All we can do is is guess. Um, whoever it is looks pretty jacked up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Um, and doesn't it like the last thing say like the world will burn or yep. something like that? Yeah. So <laughs> that, that sounds like a good so, time. Yeah. So all all you guys who love the little like warm, fuzzy, you know, cozy, wholesome <laughs> moments in this episode. Of Bye. Daryl giving Siri a, a piggyback. A piggyback. Stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. everyone also who um, loves these three characters together and their interactions <laughs> together um i got news for you friends yeah. enjoy enjoy it while you got it yeah because <laughs> um because yeah yeah we're we're heading into some very different territory um if it continues to kind of follow the narratives of the books and this 
this season follows enough of Time of Contempt's narrative that I think that's where they're they're going. going blah, 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 blah. Of contempt. So my final toast is to everybody that worked to get us season three. It's only a few days since the season dropped, but I'm seeing, like we said, a lot of positive feedback online. Most people seem to be loving it. We certainly are. And I'm just so excited to have more Witcher content to talk to you guys about. It's been a banger of a season. I can't wait to see the last three. And I really appreciate the hard work that everybody put into making this show. So cheers to y'all. Cheers. Cheers. This whiskey's not any better, just so you know. <laughs> doesn't get any, it doesn't get nope. any better with age when it's already that old. You didn't hit that nope. like half nope. hour in which nope. <laughs> after 48 years, it was finally going to be so drinkable. <laughs> not in the slightest. You also haven't like, you know, hit that point where you've had enough of it that you just suddenly don't mind it anymore. No, either. I mean, I did pregame with some wine. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it only did so much. <laughs> well, on that note, I am excited to talk to you guys about the second episode. Yeah. Next yeah. week. Yeah, and hopefully the fi- our fingers crossed, like it, a lot of, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta like, you know, all make a, you know, a sacrifice, sacrifice a delivery robot. A little robot. sacrifice. Yeah, a little, a little delivery robot sacrifice. <laughs> um, if you follow us on our, our Discord, you know what that is. You'll get that joke. Uh, yeah. Um, um, to, um, to the gods that like Valerie is able to get back in time, but the plan is for us to do our next episode together. Um, so, because we like, I mean, I don't know. We just, we, I think we do it best when we're all in the same place. So mm-hmm. hopefully, and we all certainly sound better. So if you're wondering about the audio, hopefully next episode we'll be back to our usual selves. So um, until it all then, depends no. on United Airlines, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, will they get my? Will my flight be on time? Valerie might be recording <laughs> from an airport. Yeah. I'm like, I'm back to my parents' house anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If All we, right. If we're back on our virtual setup, we know that, you know, that it didn't work out. <laughs> and yeah. now we will be, once again, be drinking 48-year-old Seagrams. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll buy something just to, like, cover it. No. <laughs> Same bottle. The producer has decreed like, no. A third of the bottle yeah. instead of half the bottle. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. All right, guys. Thanks to for joining us, and we will see you again out on the path. Bye. Cheers. Whiskey with Witcher is a Malcontent Media production by Tim Beadle and Valerie Petrarca. Our producer is Sean Farina. For updates, picks, and behind-the-scenes shenanigans, follow us on Twitter at Whiskey Witcher and on Instagram at Whiskey with Witcher. Want to ask us a question, share your Yenskier fanfic, or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at whiskeywithwitcher at malcontent.media or join the Whiskey with Witcher Discord. You can find the link at the top of our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Who knows? We might even share your comments on the podcast. Finally, if you like what you've heard, please toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers! It's something that I feel... Uh, the need to, or not something that I feel the need to, but like something that my brain just like blasts at the screen in like most action movies, which is like, why didn't you just shoot him? <laughs> and it's like, it's the taking yeah. of hostages. It's the, you know, it's it's all the like the standoffs where people are just like pointing guns at each other. Like, that doesn't <laughs> happen. Like, you don't just like pull your gun out and point it at somebody and hope it doesn't, you know, he doesn't shoot you. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, the best example of that is in uh, maybe like the last great film that John Frankenheimer uh, made, uh, Ronin, where mm. the only time that you have to ask the question, why didn't you just shoot him? Like a scene later, another character asks, why didn't you just shoot him? <laughs> and by the end of the movie, you have the answer. So, uh, yeah, great choice, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks so much. laughs>